Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for episode number 98. The NFL season is officially behind us. The Super Bowl has been played, a champion crowned, and the Kansas City Chiefs. That was kind of a boring game, I won't even lie to you. We'll talk a little bit about that. The XFL season started. I don't even want to talk about Tampa's team. We're going to wait till the end of the show to talk about that. Tampa Bay diapers, am I right? <laughs> Sorry, you got to sit here and listen to my awful jokes. Welcome back to the show. If you're new around here, I am your host as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me today is my good buddy and our pretty much honorary member of CFP, Mr. James Hill, Mr. Bucks Nation. You know him, you know his face, you've seen him before. Welcome back to the show, James. Pleasure to have you today. Thank you for having me. I got the shirt on. Yeah, gotta represent that's a cool the brand, shirt, now. dude. That is a cool you know, shirt. You Fan guys can go uh, get your own Cannon Fire podcast shirts uh, by reaching out to Ren or to Rhett on uh, either Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, do we? Yeah, do, we are on Instagram, we... Twitter, and Facebook. You can send us an email, cannonfirepodcast at gmail.com. All of those reach out. We've got those beautiful shirts that James was just showing you the now, red we, color and the black we, color. We've got do multiple we have... colors. Do we have a website where, where people can buy these shirts? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, that's well, definitely the plan for 2020. We'll have to see what we can make happen. But um, as of right now, there is no website. But uh, mm. we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. But, yeah, if you guys want to check those out, we've got shirts for sales. And, of course, we've got stickers as well. And none of that would be possible without our friends over at Pinecrest Printing and Signs. Let's plug them at the beginning of the show. Pinecrest Printing Let's and go. Signs, they have been hooking up the Tampa Bay business community since 2001, before the Bucks won the Super Bowl. Can you believe that? Because that was damn near 20 years ago. Pinecrest Printing and Signs, they handle everything that you need business-wide. If you have an image for your business, they're going to make sure that it gets taken <coughs> care of in the most professional way possible. RJ and his experienced staff of printing people have been helping out the Tampa Bay area for a very, very long time. They do anything and everything. They've gone business cards. You can start small, do stickers, bump it up, do apparel, hats, shorts. If you want custom shoes, I'm sure they can get it done. Anything large scale. They'll do big metal signs. They'll do billboards. They'll do vehicle wraps. Anything your heart desires business-wise, make sure you get it from Pinecrest Printing and Signs. You can check out their website at pinecrestprinting.com. You can give them a call at 813 684 5444. So let's jump right into the show. It is, uh, it, we are in the midst of the offseason, and, you know, it's only been a little over a week since the Super Bowl, and it feels like it's been four years. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what is going on, but time is moving extra, extra slow this time of year. And when time moves slow, you know what that means, James? 
What does that mean, Rhett? That means that Twitter has a lot of time on their hands, and we're going to talk about that to open up the show. So, Shoot. uh... Can I take a quick time out? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry I called you Ren. I feel Aww, bad now. No. I'm going to feel don't... bad for the whole rest of the show. <laughs> no, I'm, sho- I'm shooting from the hip, brother. <laughs> you're good, man. We like that attitude around here, okay? It's the gunslinger mentality, just like big number three. There so, you go. Speaking of big number three, there was a picture circulating social media this week of Jameis Winston doing his thing, looked like he had just worked out, and he had some big, ugly sunglasses on. Correct. Correct. No indication of what he was just, doing. Just some sunglasses, just a guys. Picture, just a picture that Jameis Winston took of himself clearly after a workout, because if we're going to pay attention to things like that, the sign behind him said Performance Center. So if you haven't seen this picture, it's okay. But if you have, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, you know, man, there's a lot of sources for Buccaneers news. I'm not going to sit here and crap on anyone. But there is one source in particular who is running with the idea that Jameis Winston got LASIK eye surgery to correct his vision. Now, we know we've talked about on the show before that Jameis' vision is an issue. I mean, you see all the pictures of him squinting at the scoreboard. He's a nearsighted guy. I am also a nearsighted guy. But, you know, it's just, it's so irritating because, folks, we are not here to rain on your parade. We're not here to just bum you out if you were really excited about Jameis Winston finally getting eye surgery. We are here to inform you and then talk about the facts. And as of right now, when it comes to Jameis Winston and his supposed LASIK eye surgery, there are no facts. There has been no official source to confirm that Jameis Winston has gotten LASIK eye surgery. And I hate to tell you that. I hate to be the guy who just craps on everybody's fun. But before we take this headline and run with it, we have to look at the facts. And right now, nobody worth a damn in my book has confirmed that Jameis got LASIK. I almost called him Jason. That's how upset I am right now. It's just, it's that time of year, James. Like, what what do you make of all this, man? So, okay, I saw the photo when it first came out. I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, oh, Jameis just came in for a workout. He's got sunglasses on. Fine. You know, it's not a big deal. I literally thought nothing of it when I first saw the photo. And then I saw Buck's Twitter really start ramping up and talking about it and saying, that's LASIK, you know, is it LASIK, LASIK? I I always called it LASIK. I've always heard LASIK. Okay, that's LASIK eye surgery, confirmed, 100%. Mark Cook, Pewter Report mailbag, uh, just got asked this question today. He posted an article, and he said, we did reach out to a few sources who would only say it was something Winston has considered doing in the past, but no one would confirm any procedure has been done this offseason. Now, I've seen people even go as far as to read that and say, well, the Tampa media is not in the know. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) What are we talking about right now? You know, they say, oh, okay. The people we asked say, you know, they can't confirm or deny. Well, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Like, it's just they're playing. and It's fine. You know, again, I don't want to crap on anybody, but let's not let's not grasp at straws here that's what this is that is an insane reach not insane reach but we're grasping at straws saying you know he got lasik eye surgery and you know what we'll take it a step further i've seen some people go as far as to say you know oh they told him to get lasik eye surgery so uh they'll sign him to a new contract like people are just making their own narratives now to fit what they want to think is going to happen you know what i mean 
No, I, I know what you mean 100%. And folks, you know the way that we've done it here on the Cannon Fire Podcast since day one. We keep it as real as possible with you. I do not like misinforming people. So, as much no. as you might not want to hear it, I'm not going to sit here and tell people that Jameis Winston got LASIK eye surgery when no one knows for a fact if he did or not. And the only reason we're sitting here talking about this, and I'm so up in arms about it, is because it is that time of the offseason. So... Folks, yeah. it, it's smokescreen season. It is grasping for straws. It's There's no NFL on. You can watch the XFL, but Tampa Bay's team is hot garbage, so you might not want to do that. Just, at the end of the day, Ooh. make sure that you stay informed. Make sure that you trust your sources, and you have good sources. That's all I'll say. But, but don't overthink this. You know what I mean? Everybody's overthinking this stuff now, because I think we're all just bored you know, oh, yeah, and, I think everyone's and, bored as hell. And the the people, and uh, you know, I get it. You, James, we want James Winston back. That's fine. You know, I wouldn't. I'm fine with James Winston coming back. But I'm not going to sit here and come up with false narratives and really reach and say, you know, the Glaziers and Bruce Arians, they told him go get eye surgery. He's been on the team for five years. Why didn't he do this sooner then? You the, know, the like one thing that I've seen floating around to counter that point is that with LASIK eye surgery, it's typically a procedure that you want to wait to have done until you're midway through your 20s. That way your body is fully developed. Uh, yada, okay. yada, yada, doctor talk. He could have done it last year. He could have. I'm sure he could have. And uh, you know? again, it's just it's one of those things, folks. We're not here to rain on your parade, but we're also not here to misinform you. And I'm not going to sit here and talk about it as if he did. But Let's just not sit here and, and take a crap on the hottest topic of the week. Let's talk about the possibility of if he did. Let's just say we're wrong. And everyone right. who is reporting it, the, the two people who are reporting it as fact, are indeed correct. Right. If that's true, James, I want him back yesterday. And if he does come back with fixed eyes, he's throwing 50 touchdowns next year. Not even biased at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Well, you know, I mean... Yeah, that would that would be nice if he got the eye surgery done. If that is if that is one hundred percent confirmed, you know, I mean, it's that would be nice, you know. But it, I just don't like. It's just it would the be, fact that we don't know, right? It would it would Nobody be nice, knows. you know, if if that did happen, that would certainly help, you know, yeah. that would help. But I, I, I would, I mean, do you think that it would really add a, a gigantic level of difference in his play? No. Um, you know, I think with Jameis's vision, he has no problem seeing receivers downfield. You know, he can see the guys that he's throwing to. I, right. I think it's just the minute details. I think it's reading a scoreboard from 90 yards <clears throat> away that he might have some trouble with every now and again. So I don't think it's going to drastically improve his play, but I think it will help him in more ways than one when it comes to the little things. Honestly, I think if he did get LASIK, maybe we'd get less spouts of him forgetting how to play football a few times a football game. Um, you know, because he's just that type of quarterback. But yeah. we can sit here and entertain the idea all day, but the fact of the matter is no one knows. Um, no. So people can tell you whatever they want, but as of right now, nobody knows, and nobody will know until the team either makes a statement, which doesn't seem very likely, or no. Jameis Winston himself makes a statement, which right. well, we'll have or, to wait and see. You know, or, or quite frankly, if, if if somebody finds out, like, you know, like an ESPN or whoever, one of the other media people, then it's okay. Yeah. You know, that's fine. I'm not discrediting the people who have already talked about it. And, you know, that's fine. But, like, 
I'm going to wait for more people to say, yes, this has happened. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. 110%, James. You know, and, and it's just, again, for, to me, it's just trying to grasp at straws to, to, and it's fine. You know, I get it. We all love Jameis, but, like, let's not grasp at straws to just continue to build up a positive narrative for him when we really don't even know the details of a situation that might not even exist in the first place. No, you're right. Because that... that's, that's just poor reporting, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right, man. And that just puts the nail on the head for the topic right there. So have any opinion you'd like about Jameis Winston and his hypothetical LASIK surgery. Drop your thoughts in the comments down below if you're watching on YouTube. And if not, then just send us an email, canifierpodcast at gmail.com. We'll read it on the show, and then uh, maybe you'll get some cool swag. I don't know. Let's move on to our next topic. We're opening things up hot with Tampa Bay Buccaneers rumors because that's the only thing there is to talk about this time of year. Breaking news as of just a few hours ago. A guy that we've talked about verbatim on the show before, Philip Rivers, is officially done with the Chargers. He is set to hit free agency. Him and the team mutually parted ways earlier today, and the news came out. So for anyone hoping that Philip Rivers comes to Tampa, well... The door just opened up a little bit wider. So uh, what do you think about Phillip Rivers in this whole situation? James, you know, we, we kind of talked about it a few weeks ago. I know we touched on it a little bit last time when we had Taylor Jenkins of Pewter Report on the show. But I've never heard your opinion. We've never talked about it. So what's up, dude? What do you think? So, okay, I'm, I'm really going to come off anti-Jameis in this podcast here. Um, I don't hate the idea. And I've, I've made videos talking about Phillip Rivers in the past here. Um, what I think about Philip Rivers coming to Tampa Bay Buccaneers is not an idea I hate too much. To me, it kind of seems like maybe a sideways, like a, what do they call it, a lateral move right, in a yeah. way, right? It's mm -hmm. almost like a lateral move, if not maybe a slight backward move. But the thing I think in my mind is, is you know, yes, Philip Rivers is 38, and everybody has been keen to point out, and that's fine. But when I think of Philip Rivers coming to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I just, I automatically picture in my head that the Bucks are going to draft a quarterback in the probably earlier rounds of this upcoming draft. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think I, I, I've always thought of it as like, well, you know, we're not probably just going to be getting Phillip Rivers. We're going to be getting a package of Phillip Rivers and a rookie. And I'm okay with that kind of foundation. Um, obviously, Jameis Winston coming back is also a very fine foundation as well. Um, but if they were to move on from Jameis Winston and say, you know what, Philip Rivers, bring him in. We're going to draft a rookie in the first, second round, whatever they want to do. I wouldn't hate that idea because, you know, it, it would be nice because then you'd have a rookie quarterback who can get groomed behind Philip Rivers with Bruce Arians, with Byron Lethwich, with Clyde Christensen. And that helps set things up better for that future of the, that route that the Buccaneers want to go with. But. So let me ask you a follow-up question to that, because I think the general consensus when it comes to Phillip Rivers and his possibility of coming to Tampa is that he would be what is called a bridge quarterback. I know you're very familiar right. with that term. I'm sure a lot of people listening to the show are as well. Um, a bridge quarterback is a guy that isn't going to be a franchise history maker. He's going to play for one season maybe two at most, and then you're going to look to go to your younger guy. So you are right, James. I think if they go Phillip Rivers, they're going to draft someone a little bit younger. But Right. A whole lot of younger. <laughs> yeah, hold your horses. So if they bring in Phillip Rivers and they draft a young quarterback in the second round, where it kind of scares the hell out of me thinking about that, um, how much longer do you think Bruce is going to stay in Tampa? 
you know, that's, that's for tough. me, you kind of said it's a lateral move. It feels like a step back. And I've right. said this on the show before. Um, I, I, I compare Jameis and Phillip Rivers, and I see a lot more upside with Jameis Winston. All he oh, has yeah. to do is tone down his interceptions by, honest to God, 50%. Cut him in half. I mean, yeah. if he threw 17 interceptions, 18 interceptions this year, take away all the freak accidents of O.J. Howard playing for the Globetrotters, all of that stuff. You know, if he throws 18 interceptions, Bucks would have made the playoffs. That's just... Right, just I agree with that. Right now. I, I agree with that 100. You know, I look at a guy coming into his second year of a Bruce Arians offense, where the numbers always go down for interceptions. I look at history repeating itself, and with Philip Rivers, I don't say that you have to start all over, but I don't look at Philip Rivers and see a guy who can fling it like we really need to in this pass-heavy, long ball, long developing play. Three, mm-hmm. five to seven step drop Bruce Arians offense. I just don't see it turning mm-hmm. out well. And even if you throw a rookie back there, the Bucks aren't going to draft a franchise quarterback at 14 in the first round. I just don't believe they will. There's going to be some quarterbacks that get drafted this year that are probably going to be making headlines a year from today. I won't even lie. Someone that we said on the show is going to be a bust is probably going to be the best quarterback in the draft. That's typically what happens every single year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I look at – it's hard to say this because I am a diehard Jameis defender, but everybody wants what's best for the team. And when I see Jameis Winston and Phillip Rivers, I see Jameis Winston as what is best for the team right now. And I'm sure that there are people screaming at their radios and their computer screens, and they just disagree with me so much because of the negatives that Jameis Winston brings. And that's the crazier thing, too, is I saw a tweet a few weeks ago, and it said, whatever opinion you have about Jameis Winston, you're right. You know, that's the crazy thing about him. But going back to what I was saying, going back to what's good for the team – I'm, I'm just a Jameis guy. I, I don't think there's anybody that we could possibly get to really outdo his production in a productive offense. Right. It just, I don't know. That's the way that I look at that situation. But Yeah, well, I, I agree with that. You know, if Jameis did cut down the interceptions in half, yeah, we'd easily be a playoff team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do I do agree with that. Um at the end of the day, I mean, it just it all depends on what they want to do, what Bruce and the coaching staff want to do. I'm fine with either option. If we keep Jameis, that's awesome, you know. Um, but I, I, I don't think I would be going. Well, we're doomed, you know. If it's if it's Phil and a rookie, right? Um, no, that I, I and, agree with you. And I and I would say that Phil, he is he is a bridge quarterback. You know, he's got only maybe a year or two left in him. Um, and Bruce Arians isn't getting any younger either. So, yeah, that's a good point. I don't I don't necessarily know. I, I mean, the only logic, the only way, thing that I could think was that Bruce could think he could win a Super Bowl with a 38, 39-year-old Phillip Rivers. You know what I mean? That would be the only thing that I could think of is that what Bruce would think is thinking, okay, I'm going to win a Super Bowl or something like that with Phil and then – you know, whatever I'm going to decide to do, you know, I'm going to be here for the next two years. Phil's going to be here for the next two years. We're both going to retire. One of my coaches is going to come up here, be the new head coach forever. This new rookie quarterback that we just got with Phillip Rivers is going to come in and be the new quarterback for the Buccaneers forever now. Done and dusted. You know what I mean? Right. I, I look at the Bruce Arian situation, and I'll say this, and then we can move on to another topic that we have lined up. 
But I look at the Bruce Arian situation and I look at the longevity. And then I look back at the quarterback situation with Bruce. I see Jameis Winston as a project that he has already dedicated a full season to. Right. He wants to see it pay off. I know that he does. Because if the Bucks move on from Jameis and let's say he wins somewhere else, the question will always be until the end of time, what if? What if Bruce had given him one more year? Because this is a yeah. project he's put time into. Maybe it'll have a turnaround next year after, you know, a full off season and watching himself in film and he'll come out play a little bit better. Maybe the Bucks will make the playoffs. Maybe they'll go to the Super Bowl. That's the goal. When these guys walk in the building the first time every single season. But with Bruce, you know, let's say Bruce stays two more years. And let's say the Bucks sign Phillip Rivers. They move on from Jameis. And then Phillip Rivers plays for two years. Bruce moves on, or Bruce stays for two more years. And then mm-hmm. they draft a rookie quarterback. Well, if you've right. got one year of Phillip Rivers and then he retires. And then you've got one year of a rookie quarterback. And then Bruce retires. I, I don't want to say that they're left floating in the wind. Because Bruce didn't have enough time to really... Give this rookie what he needed. But it, it for me, it just seems like you've already invested so much into trying to get this guy where he needs to be. He's technically halfway there. <laughs> you know, he's, he's throwing right. the most yards, the second most touchdowns, all of that statistical stuff that people love to throw around, including myself. Right. But it just seems so... Uh, I don't know. I guess I'll relate it back to what you said. And it seems like a lateral move if that's the direction they want to go. And, of course, we're not the ones making those decisions. But I don't know, man. That's my opinion. Well, and, uh, I, I guess – I mean it's all going to depend on – I mean ultimately it's going to – Bruce is going to say, who, who who do I think I can win a Super Bowl with in the next two years? You right. know what I mean? I mean I we just saw a report recently of um, from Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times that Clyde Christensen – uh, had to do a scouting report on Philip Rivers, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees. Right. You know, He's, so... And keep in mind, the Bucks are not going to shy away from any options they might have this offseason. No. Know, so don't be surprised to hear all of these reports that the Buccaneers were scouting this guy, or the Buccaneers might have interest in this guy. I mean, okay, let's talk about a rumor that came out this week. The Buccaneers in talks with the Cincinnati Bengals to trade up for the number one pick. Um, don't be surprised to hear things like that, but with that situation, the Buccaneers aren't going to give up enough to get to number one, to get Joe Burrow. You know what I mean? They 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 have have a lot to offer, but that's taking two major steps back because what are you going to give them to move to number one? Two first round picks, a player like Mike Evans. You know, it's not like you can offer them O.J. Howard in a second-round pick and then have the number one pick. You are giving up a lot of real estate to get into that position to trust a player that is uh, is just so uncertain. I think Joe Burrow is going to be a stud. I think he's going to be good for Cincinnati, getting sacked 75 times a year. But I just don't think the Bucks are in a real enough position to put it all on the line like that for Joe Burrow. You know, yeah. so when you hear things like that come out, don't be surprised, but just, I don't know, try and keep your better judgment about you. And, uh, of course, we'll try and guide you every step of the way here on the show this offseason. Evan does a lot better job of explaining these things than I do, but that's what we're here for, folks. So uh, just remember that it's smokescreen season and keep your wits about you because, it, as I keep saying, it's that time of year. Yeah, so it'll, again, I mean, just to wrap this all up in a bow, uh, yeah, Philip Rivers would be interesting. Um, 
Jameis Winston would also be a, a very fine move. You know, it, it's ultimately just up to what Bruce wants to do and who he think he who he thinks he could win a Super Bowl with in the next couple of years. You know. Yeah, yeah. The Glazers they can say whatever they want to. Jason Light, I'm sure, can say whatever he want to. But ultimately, the decision is Bruce Arians and Bruce Arians alone. So that's where we'll leave that situation. If you have any opinions on that, make sure you sound off in the comments below or send us an email, cannafirepodcast at gmail.com. We've got some more Buccaneer rumors to talk about, followed up with some Buccaneer news, some actual news, James, this time of year. All right. And then we'll talk about the Super Bowl and the Tampa Bay diapers. Um, so Jason Pierre-Paul. Recently on Instagram, he's been very cryptic. That's what a lot of players do when they enter free agency or, you know, in negotiations. NFL players are like middle schoolers. They get really cryptic on social media for no reason other than attention. Um, Recently, he posted a picture. And the caption was something along the lines of, uh, I've just always tried to do my best. Right? Yeah. I always go out there and try my best. And something I've been seeing a lot of this week for some reason is people taking that post and a comment, one comment in particular from an Instagram page by the name of Triner Truth. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the name Triner, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers long snapper's name is Zach Triner. Right. People have taken this account, Triner Truth, and they've been sharing it and saying, look what Zach Triner said to Jason Pierre-Paul. Because the comment that he left was like, Jason Pierre-Paul, if you leave Tampa, just know that it's been a pleasure. Uh, I've loved watching you play, this and that, and I really hope you can have a great career. Just something like that. Mm -hmm. And again, people are taking this comment (laughs) and they're just running with it. They're like, man, Jason Pierre-Paul is out of Tampa because Zach Triner left this heartfelt message. First off, I need to just dispel this as quickly as possible, folks. If you are not smart enough to know better, Triner Truth is a fan account. Uh, There are multiple fan accounts on Instagram. Triner Truth, Griffin Greatness, Watson Witness. Okay, they're everywhere. And a lot of people make them for, I don't want to say irrelevant players, but people make them for players that not everyone might know. And that's okay because they want to get that interaction with that player in particular. You're allowed to be a fan of whatever player on this team you want to be. Nobody is going to tell you who to be a fan of. But, folks, when stuff like this happens, it's just common sense. Just click on the profile, look at the bio, and that's all you need. Like, I I don't know why this has become such a hot topic. And I know that this whole episode, I feel like I've been angry and I've been on edge. But it it just – dude, when you say these things out loud, you just hear how ridiculous it is. You know, the last thing that Jason Pierre-Paul told us regarding his future in Tampa Bay was he loves Tampa. It's his home. He grew up here. But he's not going to give us a hometown discount just because. In his own words, business is business. And that's the last that we heard from Jason Pierre-Paul regarding his future with the Bucks. And that's the last we'll hear about it until we get the news that he's either going to hit free agency or the Bucks are going to sign him to a multi-year deal. That's it. That's where it lies right now. And going back to what you said, James, people just grasping for straws. Yeah, well, you know, I I even got a message about it, and um, I I didn't dig too deep into it. The the uh, I'd gotten messages about it and said, "Hey, James, did you see this?" I said, "Oh, well, I, I don't know, man. I maybe he's thinking about retiring. I have no idea." I mean, you actually informed me on. It. You're like, "That's that's a that's a fan page." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> okay," you know. I mean, but 
just from everything we've heard from JPP and even Bruce Arians, I mean, they love Jason Pierre-Paul. You know, they love him. So, like, you know, I, I don't know what to think. I mean, you know, I, I would think, if anything, you know, Bruce even said, he goes, in terms of list of priorities, Shaq won, JPP two, in terms of keeping the defense together. So, and you even went as far as to say, like, either one could be priority number one. So, like, you know, I I think it's unlikely that Shaq goes to free or uh, JPP goes to free agency. Sorry, um, and uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, people are looking at the comments and grasping for straws, and it's that time of year. You know, it's that time yeah. of year. Uh, we're gonna start seeing more stuff here towards the end of February about certain news bits and stuff like that, um, which will be good. You know. Um, so I can't wait for, you know, we, we got about two more weeks before we start hearing, you know, actual substantial news stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Typically towards the end of February, the beginning of March is when a lot of these things take place. Of course, free agency opening up, I believe March 14th. Don't quote me on that, but I know a few weeks into March is when that really heats the, up. The, the franchise deadline, uh, franchise tag deadline is March 10th. Okay, Perfect. So, so we'll if, find out before March 10th if the Buccaneers are going to put a franchise tag on either Jameis Winston or Shaq Barrett. And depending on who they do it to is going to be very, very telling about what which, the situation is with the other one. <clears throat> which can I can I just say real quick, um, if, you know, whichever, yeah, what you just said, it's going to blow up the Bucks fan base one way or the other. Oh, you know, absolutely. It's going to they, implode. If that franchise tag goes on Shaq Barrett, blowing up that they're gonna blow up you know what i mean because then people are gonna see like wait a minute they didn't put it on Jameis. what's happening and that's the crazy thing too is that even if they put the franchise tag on jane or on uh shack excuse me it just opens up so many more questions i I mean is Jameis gonna be on a multi-year deal or, right. or is he just not coming back at all? Is What's he not going coming on? back at all? And they're going to sign some other quarterback to a multi-year deal. You really don't know with those types of things. And I want to believe that by the time that decision is made, we'll have a clear answer on what the plan is with Jameis. I think we'll know what right. happens with Jameis before Shaq. And I mean, as of right now, I think we already know what happens with Shaq. I think he stays in Tampa Bay regardless of what happens with number three. But yeah. I, I don't know. It's such a weird situation. But, folks, if you're looking for answers on this, they're not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, it's going to be end of February, beginning of March. We really hear a little bit about what's going on. And, hey, maybe by then we'll hear about Jameis' LASIK. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you never know. I mean, I, I, I would say, like, probably at the absolute least, we would maybe hear stuff in, like, a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, in that, even, I was like, ah, maybe, maybe not, you know. Absolutely. I would say definitely towards the end of February, beginning yeah. of March is when you start to hear, like, this is what's maybe going to be happening, stuff like that. You know what I mean? So there is your Buccaneer rumor talk for this week. Let's jump into a little bit of news. We'll go over the Super Bowl. We'll talk about the XFL, and then we'll wrap things up here on the show. So Shaq Barrett, a guy that is, of course, a hot topic. We just talked about him. Mm-hmm. Uh Gave us a little bit more insight this week on what his decision-making might be come free agency time. And uh, he's going to be staying in Tampa. I'm, I'm pretty damn sure that after this quote, he will be in Tampa. So recently on a radio show, he was doing an interview, and uh, this is what he said. I'm not going to take drastically less, but I am open to doing what I think is best for my career. And I think that would be staying in Tampa Bay. If other teams offer me more than Tampa, I'm going to look at the places. If they offer me more than Tampa does, I'm going to look at what their taxes is compared to Tampa. Because I'm not going to live in L.A. 
and get taxed out the wazoo. So, <laughs> first off, that no state tax is uh, it's really helping players stay in Tampa Bay. I mean, the beautiful weather, the beautiful women, and the no state tax, it's just a lot of good things for Tampa Bay. Yeah. I don't know, man. <clears throat> Shaq has already made up his mind. He has said multiple times, said it during the Pro Bowl, said it this week, that he thinks what's best for his future is staying in Tampa Bay. And I think it all just cements that the Buccaneers are going to make a deal happen, regardless of whether it's a franchise tag. At this point, with him saying that he'll take a little bit of a hometown discount, I think it opens things up a little bit more for a multi-year deal. I really do. I really do. Because oh, the market 100%. price that he has, if you can lock him down for a little bit cheaper on a multi-year deal and he, you know, he's all for it, then you just lock down one of the most uh, dominant defensive ends in the NFL for a number of years. And I think that's exactly what we need here on the Bucks. So um, that's that. Yeah. That's, you know, I Shaq just says more. The more Shaq talks, the more I just support him in life. <laughs> um, one thing I do want to point out, which is going to be interesting, is Shaq's actually going to be starting a uh, foundation soon. Uh, okay. Like the bear, like some type of, you know, like how you have the Mike Evans Foundation and stuff like that, and James Winston's Dreams, Dream Forever Foundation, stuff like that. Uh, Shaq is starting one soon, um, and he said that he's not sure whether or not it's going to be in Colorado, Denver, um, or here in Tampa because he, he's he's not sure how his free agency is going to go yet. Now he said that a couple weeks ago. I think it was around when he was at the Pro Bowl, right? Um, but I, I, I think he's going to come back. So that'll be something to keep an eye on, too, is the Shaq Barrett Foundation that'll be coming up soon, Absolutely. Uh, which, will be, which will be pretty cool. So, yeah, really, just the more he talks, the more I support him. Because he, he when it was the last time we had a player who, who just literally time and time and time and time again goes, yep, I want to stay. Hey, you want to stay? Yes, I want to stay. You guys, you guys didn't have a great year, seven and nine. Do you want to stay? Yes, I want to stay. You know what I mean? He just keeps on saying it. You know and what I mean? That's the beautiful thing about Shaq Barrett because I had worried I had worried tremendously about 10 sacks into the season. I said, "Listen, if he plays the rest of the year, he breaks the record, things like that." He already bet on himself coming to Tampa Bay for a one-year little bit of money deal. You know, he bet right. on himself. So I started just get the gears turned into my head, and I'm sure a lot of other Bucks fans did as well. But come free agency, he's going to bet on himself again, and he's going to go to the highest bidder, which I, I think we are tremendously lucky to get a guy who not only wants to stay in Tampa, but I'm glad the franchise has treated him well enough to where he wants to stay in Tampa. Because, I mean, we have a history of guys who come here for one or two years, maybe have a decent season, bet on themselves, and then go to the highest bidder. I look at Darrell Revis in particular. He had a Pro Bowl season when he played in Tampa, was only here for a year, and then left. You know, well, well, that was more that was more a scenario of, of Lovey releasing him, right? Yeah, you are correct. Maybe my memory but, is scattered on that one. But you know, like uh, you know, you see guys who come here, they go, well, I don't know, I don't really like it that much. You know, Darrell Revis was like that. He's like, I don't really like it that much. You know, whatever. And then he goes and joins the Patriots. Deshaun Jackson's a recent example of that. Chris Baker was a recent example of that. You know, Chris these Baker guys sucked ass, dude. Well, yeah, but these these guys that come in, to you know, and they, they get they get some decent money, and they're like, they take, it easy. take a year yeah, off. Yeah, you know, they take it easy, and like we don't have many players where we go, okay, we're gonna sign you on a decent deal, you know, decent enough. 
uh, but you're going to have to prove yourself. Usually what happens is those guys get those deals and they go, eh, this sucks. And then they go, they leave and, you know, they go play for like right. playoff teams or something like that. You know what I mean? And uh, it, I think that that, if anything, speaks to the culture change that's been going that's- on. That's exactly what I was going to say, James. I'm, I'm pretty sure you just read my mind. Um, right. You know, I think Shaq wanting to stay in Tampa regardless of 7-9 and nine, missing the playoffs really speaks to the culture change that Bruce Arians and the rest of his staff has instilled on this Tampa Bay football team. I mean, these guys want to win. They didn't want to go 7-9. and nine. They want to win. They want to make the playoffs. They want to win a goddamn Super Bowl. And the right. fact that he wants to take potentially less money to stay in Tampa Bay in hopes for a brighter future speaks a lot onto what that coaching staff has instilled in these guys. And it's a beautiful mentality. And we're just really lucky to have a guy like him in Tampa. Well, also, you just think of it from from his perspective. You know, I made tons of videos on Shaq Barrett and his journey and everything. You know, he was in Denver for so many years, six years, where, like, they just kept on drafting these first-round draft picks over him when he was producing at a pretty decent level. He goes, man, I just want an opportunity. Denver goes, hey, well, we want you back. No, I want an opportunity to start. You guys keep on drafting people over me. And, you know, on Von, Von Miller, Von, it's Von Miller. Can That's you fine. that but... Denver continued to play Shane Ray? That's the big one. Over Shaq Shane. Barrett? You know, that was the big one where it's like, you know, you draft Shane Ray over me. Then you draft Bradley Chubb over me right after you get rid of Shane Ray. Just let me go. Just let me be a starter. Oh, no, we can't really do that. Okay, well, I'm going to go be a starter somewhere else. He goes to Tampa. Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles go, hey, you're pretty good. You're going to be one of our full-time starters. Look what he did. So I think that, like, Shaq really does appreciate that, like, probably more than anything. You know what I mean? Because, like, he – like, because – I, I also saw that like a team like the Cincinnati Bengals was interested in him. I don't think he would have been a full time starter with the Cincinnati Bengals, but but with here with the Bucks, you know, it's like okay, Shaq, you're our guy. You're a full time starter now, and it's like oh, finally, you know what I mean? That's probably what Shaq's thought process is. So why wouldn't you want to stay with the team that finally said to him like, hey, Shaq, you're our guy. You're our full time starter. You know what I mean? Oh, and, absolutely. And even for the Buccaneers, I mean, Jesus, just one of the biggest moves Jason Light has ever made. You know, in terms of immediate success, the biggest move that Jason Light's ever made in terms of immediate success, 19 and a half sacks, breaks the franchise record, you know? So, like, Jason probably wants to keep Shaq more than most players on this team besides probably Jameis Winston, you know what I mean? Right. Oh, yeah, definitely, so, man. So, so, like, in terms of that, like, Shaq wants to stay because they gave him a chance. The Bucks want to keep him because it's like, Jesus, wow, he's, like, really good. <laughs> you know, and that's it. That's just done and dusted. So, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's just a it's a perfect match right now. It, yeah. It's 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 awesome. So Shaq Barrett, of course, there's your latest news on him potentially staying in Tampa. Before we move on, I just want to go over this list because I don't think people understand the capacity of free agents that Tampa Bay is going to be dealing with this offseason. So let's mm-hmm. go over the list. Okay. Buccaneers have over 15 free agents they're going to have to address this coming offseason, and they've only got a little less than a month to do so. Keep that in mind as well. So top of the list, quarterback Jameis Winston. Second on the list, outside linebacker Shaq Barrett. Outside linebacker Jason Pierre-Paul. Defensive lineman and Sue. Outside linebacker Carl Nassib. Wide receiver Brashad Perryman. Running back Peyton Barber. Offensive tackle Demar Dotson, who I think is going to retire. Defensive lineman Bo Allen. Safety Andrew Adams. Linebacker Kevin Minter, who, by the way, I think Kevin Minter is a guy who should stay in Tampa. And I think he will. I think he will, because he did a really, really good job stepping up for when Devin White was injured and not playing this year. I like Kevin Minter a lot. 
Cornerback, Ryan Smith. <laughs> Defensive lineman, Raheem Nunez-Rochez. Quarterback, Blaine Gabbert. Safety, Darian Stewart. Offensive lineman, Earl Watford. Offensive lineman, Josh Wells, who is goddamn terrible. Offensive lineman, I forgot his first name, Hawkins. And outside oh, linebacker. Gerald Hawkins. Gerald Hawkins. And outside linebacker, Sam H.O. So, got a lot of players on that list that you got to figure out. You have to be okay with losing maybe five of those guys. Five to seven. Can I can I give my thoughts on it real quick? Go ahead, man. Let me let me see if I can pull up the list. So first things first, like obviously Shaq Barrett, yes. JPP, also yeah. You know, I mean, do you think JPP could be? Could, you're obviously going to give JPP big money, but do you think that he could be the full 16 game starter for the team again? You know what I mean? Absolutely. The fact that he was able to come back after a broken freaking neck and almost have 10 sacks is just ungodly. It is yeah. the, the fact that he was able to come back and be a leader on this team as well. That's a huge reason why the Bucks want to keep him around. People have heard it before. JPP, his influence on that defense and the team as a whole, leading by example, that's something we haven't had someone do in quite a long time. So regardless of him not putting up double-digit sacks, I, I mean, the guy is resilient. And oh, oh, yeah. He's exactly the mindset that you want to install on those younger guys on the defense, like Devin White, who had a hell of a rookie year and is on pace for bigger and better things. But, uh, yeah, I think Jason Pierre's top priority, possibly over Shaq Barrett. Shaq wants to come back. Of course they want him back, but can't afford to lose a guy like JPP. You don't get guys like that on your team very often. Yeah, and, um, well, for, so I'll ask you this one. We might talk about this for, for a good minute here. You're good. What are your, thought, what are your thoughts on Sue? Because that, that oh, one's man. interesting. I, you know, I've seen people say, oh, give him less money. I don't think he's going to take less money. I don't know if he'll take less money. And that's the thing. Because if he doesn't take less money, the Buccaneers are probably going to move on to him. Or move on from him. Because you've got a lot of moving parts, a lot of money going different places. I think if we're going to lose anybody on that defensive line, it will be Carl Nassib and Indomitka Sue. And the yeah. reason I am... Not comfortable with losing Sue because I don't mind the guy. He came in. He did an okay job. I'm upset with watching him loaf every now and again. That really pissed me off because I thought he was above that, and uh, I guess he's just not. Um, I, mm, I'm 50-50. Tough, tough, isn't it? it? It is tough. It is tough. But I also look at, let's say, for example, they move on from Indomitka Sue. I'm looking at Javon Kinlaw at number 14 for the Bucks. I know I, offensive lineman is a big need for this team, but at the same time, maybe it's not. Donovan Smith could be better. DeMar Dawson might be retiring. Maybe you can find a, a, a replacement in free agency. I know uh, Conklin, that offensive lineman for Tennessee, is hitting the market. I like that guy. But, yeah. um, you know, I know offensive lineman is what people want to see in the first round, but if Javon Kinlaw is available, you put him next to Vita freaking Vea. That's what everybody's been saying, man. I mean, yeah. that's a that's so that's such a good combo. You I, I know? think it would I think it would do wonders, and I would well, be the, more than okay with losing Sue because of it. Well, I, I tell you what, and I know the coaching staff loves Sue, and Sue loves the coaching staff. But like, if his price is too high, you can find a lot of people to a lot of people to replace Sue. Yeah, you know what I mean. Especially in the draft. I mean, God, these young defensive linemen are so good nowadays. You know, they even are... guys in like the second, third round. It's you know. insane because the defensive tackle position in particular is so much more evolved than what it was when Warren Sapp was breaking franchise records 20 years ago. You know, it's insane right. to me. You know, these 300-plus-pound these, these guys are stupidly athletic. Look at Vita Vea. Caught a touchdown. 
yeah, the guy's stupidly athletic. So, like, you can find guys that can replace Sue. Uh, just moving on past him, you know, I'm saying with you, like, I could see it going either way. I mean, I think it's, that one's tough. That one's tough. If he asks for $9 million again, probably not coming back. Um, and that's probably what he's going to ask for. You know what I mean? I think he, he could possibly, I think he would at least go to the open market and see what his options are. I, I you know? think it's, and I think there would be a team out there that would pay $10 million for Indomitian Sue. He's the type of guy where his name alone, people are going to pay for, but you never know. You never, right. ever know. Right. And then, uh, Nassib, he, he's the odd man out, you know, and I, I, hate I ha- it because I'm such a big fan of Carl Nassib too. I know, and like a lot of people, I know a lot of people, you know, good friend of mine, Billy, shout out to you, Billy, on here. Uh, he's a big fan of Carl Nassib, you know, he's been such a huge fan of him. He was, he's been a fan of him since he was back in Cleveland, and that's great, you know, and he's been really productive in a part-time role for us, um, but I, I think he's just going to get the, I think he's going to have the same mindset that Shaq Barrett had last year with Denver, you know, I've been this part-time guy now. This rotational guy, I've been getting at least six sacks a season the past two years. If I'm a full-time starter, I think that I'm I can do good. And I think if if Carl Nassib was a full-time starter for us, he would be really good. I you think know, he'd you'd be a double-digit sack player. Exactly. The problem is just that JPP and Shaq Barrett are here, and it's just what like you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's right. just like we we can't we can't do it, you know, and and. Uh, we don't know what Carl Nassib's price tag is going to be. It could be $7 million, $8 million, something along those lines. Uh, maybe the Bucks give him $5 million, something like that. I'm not sure. But like, definitely Nassib seems like the odd man out. I, I think that he would go to a team that says, hey, you know, we want you to be our, a 16-game starter for us. He'd be like, yep, I'm on board. You yeah. know, Carl, he, Nassib, he, Carl Nassib's he, the type of guy I, I think he could bet on himself, and that'd be a pretty safe bet. I like his ability. I like his athleticism. I like the motor. Uh, that's something we've said before is that he is just he, he's just never ending. You know, you think the play is over. You think the pocket is collapsed, and then here comes Carl Nassib at 75 miles per hour. He's just that type of player. I think he can make some good money for himself, and I think it's about time a team gave him a chance. Now here's now here's something interesting here that I I just thought about and I I know we're like kind of like going weird off the cuff stuff here but like this is interesting is um obviously the JPP stuff on Instagram being cryptic I still don't get why players are cryptic on Instagram um and the Buccaneers did restructure his contract uh, and they love JPP but Carl Nassib had that captain's patch what if they just think you know JPP we love you man you know you're an awesome leader Carl Nassib had a captain's patch he's an awesome leader too. We're going to roll with two 27-year-old Shaq Barrett, Carl Nassib as our 16-game starters. Could do that, maybe? I mean, that's, uh, that, yeah. seems, that seems more unlikely, but that's just kind of a thought I just had no, when I talking get you. about this and that's situation. A, that's a situation that I think maybe a lot of people don't want to talk about. I, I don't want to say it's not realistic because, again, the Buccaneers can do whatever the hell they want to do, and nobody knows for sure what they do until they do it. But you kind of look at that position that Jason Pierre-Paul is in. Yeah. where you bring him back, you let go of a guy like Nassib, I would say in three or four years, you're going to be looking for another elite defensive end, outside linebacker, pass rusher, whatever you want to call him in this 3-4 defense. So I-, I see exactly what you mean, where they want to take the youth of it. But if Carl Nassib comes out, again, he did wear that captain's patch, but if he comes out, 
They're slapping a captain's patch on JPP. You know what? That's my bold prediction. Yeah, JPP, that's, if that, he comes back, good. he's going to be a team captain next year, no doubt in my mind. Do they ooh, do they give Shaq and Jason Pierre-Paul captain's patches if they, you know? Well, Levante's going to keep one. Yeah. Um, you only pick, like, six captains, I think. Six or seven. Right. Like, you've got, you've got uh, your three on offense, two on defense, one on special teams, or however you want to do it. I don't think Tarhe Ogunbowale is going to be a special teams captain again. No, um no so you never really know. I mean, if they want to go three patches on defense, one for Levante, one for Shaq, one for JPP. But I also think maybe you want to have one at different positions. Um, right. You know, one for every position. You got two defensive ends wearing a captain's patch. It kind of gets redundant. But okay. Bay could be a captain, you know. You never, never, ever know. Yeah, but, uh, but, but that, that that's just kind of an interesting thought I had is like, you know, maybe they are just going to say, hey. Oh, and I get it. They do have Anthony Nelson there who is basically a clone of Carl Nassib. Right. They um, drafted him to be Nassib's replacement that's what that right. was at the end of the right day. but that, that is an interesting scenario to me where you know because they obviously they restructured jpp's deal with with the thought of like you know hey he's coming back from this terrible injury again who knows what's gonna happen and they got eight and a half sacks on a broken neck you know so it's just like that they probably regret that one you yeah. know what i mean they're probably no, like yeah. oh yeah we kind of messed that one up but i mean who knows you know who knows it'll be interesting um just going down the list a little bit more Paramount barber they're kind of in the same boat in my opinion, uh, kind of like, kind of like, really high end rotational guys. I think Perriman stays. Right, but I, I think he balled out towards the end of the end of the year. Did exactly what we needed him to, and stepped up to be a team player. But mm-hmm. I don't think he played good enough for long enough to get the money that he's going to want on another team. Right. Do you think he's going to get six million a year? Because I've seen people have been speculating that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I, because I, honest God, I think you know, bring him back because the, I've said it before. I've said it a hundred times, you know, the, the drop between Perriman and all the other guys below him on the depth chart, besides probably Scotty Miller and like Justin Watson. Sometimes. I, you know what? I wouldn't mind the idea of Justin Watson being a wide receiver three, but you are right when it comes to the, to the talent drop between those guys. I'll, um, I'll let you finish. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, that's, that's fine. But yeah, like that, that drop off was pretty steep. I mean, like Scotty did some good stuff, but Lord, yet, he had some he had some injury stuff, you know, and then like Watson did some good stuff and everybody was pulling for Watson, you know, but like I feel like just time and time again, it's like you would see the route he's running and it's like, well, what's going on? And then you would see him getting yelled at on the sideline, like probably two or three games in a row. And it's like, right. oh, crap, you know, like, oh, God, you know, what is happening? So like, you know, Watson, you know, another year in this offense for him to get it, that would help out as well. But I, I mean, we saw Perriman the second half of the the season when he was basically the wide receiver one. The guy just played amazing. He looked know? like a first round pick. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'd say bring him back. Six million dollars. That's nothing crazy. Even if it's for a one year deal, because you're not you're not paying Chris Godwin yet. So you can afford to do that. You know what I mean? Right. Uh. So like, just bring him back for another year. Keep that wide receiver depth pretty strong. You know, because, again, after Perriman, it's it's kind of a big question mark right now. Injury question mark for Scotty Miller. What's going on with Justin Watson? We're not sure yet. So, like, that's definitely some stuff you got to think about. But, like, Perriman, I think, yeah, I agree with you. I think he'd come back. Barber, I I don't mind Peyton Barber as the backup running back. Um, um, what are your thoughts on him? I would like Ronald Jones to be the Buccaneers feature back. I don't mind Peyton Barber when they use him to run clock at the end of the game, but he did not have 
I thought he was going to have a bigger year. I really did. Right. I, I thought he was going to come into his own. Coming off the tail of last season, I really thought that this year he was going to play decent, and then this offseason he was going to be one of those guys who bent on himself, hit free agency, and a team would pay him to be a starter. But I just don't simply – I just don't see that. And, yeah, he, he had his moments. He had some good games this year. Yeah. But he, I don't think he did enough to warrant a team saying, hey – Peyton Barber, we want you to be our starting running back. We'll pay you more than the Bucks did to be right. starting running back. Like I, 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 yeah, I think I think he's gonna get probably like three or four million this year. Probably like three, three and a half. You think he you does know? stick around? I think he does. Probably. I mean, he's an undrafted guy. The Bucks were the ones who gave him the chance. You know, he's been a fringe starter for this team for a while now. But I agree with you, and I'm in pound on the wall for this. I'm gonna keep on doing it. Ronald Jones needs to be. Or three down back. He needs to have fifty. He needs to have fifteen plus carries a game every single game. Like that. That should just be standard operating procedure. Yeah, you know, and just give him a couple of targets a game too. Give him like three or four targets a game. You give him as many touches as you can. You know, he needs. I think he needs twenty touches a game. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, just just right. give him, just give him the ball more. I like Peyton Barber, Darwin Bowale. Okay, uh, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, but those guys should be more primarily backups next year behind Ronald Jones. Right. Uh, so that's kind of how, how I feel. Dotson's interest. I, I'm just going down the list here. I don't know how. I don't mean to like drag on this this podcast. No, you're good, man. We um, got some time. But but Dotson, do you really think he's going to retire? Because yes. I, I the, from what I've got from his quotes, I kind of feel like he might stay. If he stays one more year, I think it'll be an even more frustrating year than last yeah. season. Because I like Demar Dotson. He's a guy. He's a true Iron Man. He's you know been on the Bucks for a very long time. He's been nothing but serviceable as an offensive tackle. But I just look at the way that he played this year, and the only thing that I think of is his age getting the best of him. Thirty-four. I feel bad. I, I really do because I like the guy. You know, I, I told people on the show to listen to the Pewter Report podcast with him on there and Mark Cook and Derek Fournier. It was a great podcast. I got a lot of good quotes from him. I like mm -hmm. the guy. I want him to do well. But I just do not think that he can play at the level that he used to. I just – I don't. And if he wants yeah. to come back and try and prove me wrong, then all for it. But I think he should retire. I just think it's time – you know, and if it honest, like I don't, I me mean, personally, I don't want to see him back as a starter. If he wants to be a backup, teach some new draft pick the Buccaneers yeah, bring I don't in. Mind that. That's fine. You know, but like 34 years old, he had his injuries again last year. He was really struggling again, especially with penalties and stuff like that. It's just kind of mm -hmm. like, eh, you know, geez, it's time to move on, man. At 34, you know, I thought he was going to retire last year. He didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but just, yeah, if you do bring him back, just let him be a backup, you know. I don't think he's going to be getting insane money on another team. I don't think so either. You know, I don't think he is. Um, moving past him, Bo Allen, Andrew Adams, Kevin Minter, those guys are kind of like all packaged together a little bit. Bo Allen's interesting because he just made $4 million the past two years. So what is he going to do? You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think Bo he did. I mean, at the end of the day, he did not make a lot of money. And. I wouldn't say that he had the seasons he was hoping for in Tampa Bay. He was a great team player. He was a solid piece to put in the middle. Good part of mm. that run defense. But um, he is a Super Bowl champion. You know? Yeah. It, you know, you want to have guys like that around. But I think Bo Allen is another one of those guys who would be uh, one of the odd men out on that defensive line. I just I don't I don't see a really good situation where they bring him back for what he might be wanting. 
Well, I would also think that he he's thinking, yeah, I'm 20-something years old, 27, 28 years old. I can go to a team and probably be a starter right? Ma- making $5 million a year or something like that. I don't think the Bucks are going to pay him $4 million again. You know what I mean? Right. No, Because he, he's just been so much of a backup. So that one's interesting. Andrew Adams, I don't know how he keeps on coming back to the team, but I love him. They literally uh, re-signed him the week before we played Carolina, and I <coughs> thought that was the funniest thing ever. It's just, Jay- yeah, you know, that, that's all Jason Light because Bruce and company haven't even, you know, coached him before. Yeah. Um, but he's like a decent backup. I wouldn't mind signing him to like a minimum. Uh, you know, with Andrew Adams, it's an interesting situation because I want to see what capacity Justin Evans is going to be brought back in. That's um, a big one. Because last we had talked about Justin Evans, I had heard that the coaching staff was not too happy with the way that he handled his injury. Um, Does that mean they're going to cut him? Probably not because he's still on his rookie deal, but they just cut, they just cut Hargraves. Right. That's, you know, and and Hargraves is the first rounder, not a second rounder like Evans. I'd like to see where Justin Evans ends up before I make a decision on Andrew Adams, but I think it's a safe bet that he probably will not be back. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to counter that because I think that they'll at least bring him back as like a camp body just in case Evans re-aggravates or or he's still injured for whatever reason. Right. That's kind of my thought process on that of like, well, maybe they bring him back. He's not going to cost veteran minimum. You know, you bring him back and then what's going on with Justin Evans? Well, you don't think he's going to be ready. Okay. Well, we have Andrew Adams as like a body. For yeah. safe for safety position, you know, not a bad um, depth piece. Minter, I love Minter. He filled in for Devin White. He was on special teams. Yep. You really can't go wrong with him. Bring him back. He's not going to command a lot of money. He's great. He's just a great player. Um, I love him. Ryan Smith. Now I I heard you scoff at Ryan Smith earlier, and that's <sighs> fine. And that's fine. Uh, at cornerback, he's god awful. Yeah, he's but, really bad at corner, but he's but so you, good on special teams. But he is arguably one of the best punt coverage guys in the entire NFL. I think he is well, Maybe, I don't know about the entire NFL, but I know he is the best punt coverage guy on the team. Oh, I'm easily. not going to go so far as to say the NFL because I don't have a lot of examples to follow up with, but I do think yeah, yeah. he brings a lot to the table on special I mean, teams. I mean, he outlasted some beasts of punt coverage guys. Russell Shepard was on here, he was awesome. Josh Robinson was on here, he was awesome. Ryan Smith was so good, they thought, yeah, we don't need him that much. You know, that's just me making my own headcanon here. But, like, I, I, I definitely feel that, like, you could bring him back on a probably a relatively cheap deal because Lord knows Ryan Smith ain't going to get money on the open market. Yeah. Uh, you can bring him back on a cheap deal and just say, you're just pure special teams guy. You know what I mean? And that's no, fine. I don't mind it at all. And, I mean, listen, if we're in a situation where every single one of our cornerbacks just – you know, just is goes just down. Yeah. yeah. Then uh, sure. Throw Ryan Smith on the defense, but I, I think you bring him back. Whatever little bit of money you can pay him. I like him as a special teams guy. I will say that. Right. And I, I, I think, think that back, I think that would warrant bringing him back at least just to see, you know, if he can hang, I mean, if, if it doesn't work, cut him. You're not giving him a lot of money, you know? Now uh, uh, let me ask a follow up question because I didn't see his name on the list, but what kind of deal do we have the people's champion on? Bradley Pinion, yeah. uh, so he signed a four-year deal this past offseason. Okay, all right. So he, he still got him for three years. All right, cool. Three more years <laughs> of the people's champ in Tampa. I love it. Exactly. And uh, just just finishing off the list here, Rakeem Nunez, Roche, Darian Stewart, eh, they're probably not coming back. I mean, Jer- Jeremiah Ledbetter is coming back in, too. Nunez Rochez is a guy that I think that they can pay crap money to, and he would come back. 
just at least have him as a camp body again, you know, yeah, just to see I, what I he think can he's do. A, I think he's a fine rotational player. He's one of those big bodies. He's one yeah. of those guys that wouldn't cost you a whole lot. It wouldn't surprise me if he was back. Yeah, Nothing and, and ever came of the whole dog situation because I think it was just something that somebody wanted to make up and point fingers at him um, because we never got an official statement from anybody. Right. He came out and said that somebody tried to not frame him but make him look bad because I heard the whole story was it was a dog that he had breeded and then gave to someone else. But the microchip information was registered to him. But he is a breeder. He is a dog breeder. I've seen it before. It's on his Instagram. It's on all of his social media. He handles a lot of canines. And regardless of of what we know, the last thing that we heard is nothing ever came of it. So there's no controversy with him. I just wanted to kind of touch on that for a few seconds. But it wouldn't surprise me if he was back. Then, then I would say bring him back as like a camp body. But Darian Stewart, no, probably no, not coming back. Sucked. He kind of sucks. Um, Watford, I would say Watford probably comes back as a backup O lineman. I think, if, yeah, another camp anything. body, another backup guy. He's got a good mentality. Um, right. He's a little ignorant on Twitter sometimes. He's kind of crazy, but I've uh, seen that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he's got a good mentality. Yeah, um, that whole offensive lineman. They're all hogs and they know it. So uh, that, that's good. He's a guy yeah. they'll probably bring back. Uh, Wells, no. no, no, don't bring Josh Wells back. He sucks. He's not coming back. Hawkins, that was interesting because they traded for him and then it just like didn't work out. So like, mm-hmm. I, unless they just want to give him another chance, maybe I, I just don't foresee him coming back. He was inactive for like probably three fourths of the year. Right. You yeah. Know? So I don't think he comes back. Sam Acho, eh, maybe he comes back as like a rotational guy. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. He probably. Will. Um, but the last guy I want to mention here, this one's interesting. Blaine Gabbard. What do you think? Do you think Blaine Gabbert's going to come back? No. 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 You don't. You don't think so? I no, think. That- I, I think if they sign Jameis Winston, they're going to bring in someone who Evan like has said really- his name before. I think they're going to bring in Tyrod Taylor, man. Yeah, that yeah. that would be interesting. Then I thought that if anything, like maybe they have Gabbert. Can well, I mean, it's not like Gabbert's going to compete for a third quarterback spot. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they bring him back. Maybe not. I mean, I guess either one, it's just kind of like, whatever. <laughs> He's Blaine yeah. Gabbard. So it's interesting. <laughs> um, well, there you go, Red. I made you go through the entire list of possible free agents for the Buccaneers. Aren't you proud of me? Hey, that's a good segment. I'm glad we got that content because it was nice to break those down. So if anyone's curious at all, there is every single free agent that the Buccaneers are going to be handling this offseason. Of course, we don't know what happens until the Buccaneers make it happen. But once they do, we'll, of course, be here to talk to you about it. And give you the facts. That's the most important part. Absolutely. We have talked everything Tampa Bay Buccaneers that there has been to talk this week. Let's talk about some things that don't involve our Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And number one is the Super Bowl. We got a little bit of time before we get out of here. I'm not going to spend too much time on the Super Bowl because everyone knows what happened. Everyone watched it. Everyone watched the halftime show and got in trouble for it. Um you know that the Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champions for the first time in over 50 years, so that's cool. I'm glad for Andy Reid. I'm pretty happy for Patrick Mahomes. I don't like Travis Kelsey, but uh, mm. it was a good Super Bowl. I did you say. see? Did you see the Travis Kelsey thing where he was drinking a beer off the Super Bowl trophy? Yeah. As soon as I saw that, I went, "Wow, this isn't going to go over well." Oh no, people <laughs> love that stuff, man. Honestly, I'd like to see more of that. Every single year, you see like the Stanley Cup. You know, people drink beer out of that. They do uh, oh, yeah. stands with the Stanley Cup, things like that. I'd love oh, to yeah. see more of Lombardi getting some action, you know. Bring I, like bring the Lombardi trophy into the strip club with you. 
you know, oh and, and get a picture there with a bunch of strippers, like just that stuff would, like that, you know? That would be hilarious. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, man, I, I was happy for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, especially Mahomes is the future, man. Oh, yeah, he's he's, he's going to be very, very good for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, people, like, I, I just, I forget. I go, oh, my God, yeah, that's right. He won MVP last year. Okay, you know what I mean? It's just I'll say like, this. He shouldn't have won Super Bowl MVP. Damian yeah, Williams should have won Super Bowl MVP. I thought it should have been Damian Williams, but like his Patrick Mahomes resume is just stupid after three years right now. You know, yeah. he's going to be so good for such a long time. I was kind of sick of all the, the smoke the 49ers were getting too. You know what I mean? There's a lot of, there was like, there was a lot of like hype for them. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? I was kind of like, eh. and I Absolutely. get it. There has, there has been hype for the chiefs too, but like, it was a little more obnoxious when it came to San Francisco. I don't know why. Yeah. I really don't. But, I think um, a lot of it was like the Jimmy G stuff and like oh, Jimmy G so bad. That stuff was that that was the stuff where I was like, oh my gosh, stop talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, like just well, stop. I'll say this and then we can move on. The Super Bowl, it was a fun game. I'll say it was kind of a boring game until midway through the third quarter because it was quick slants and handoff to the running back for a lot of the game, but um, we saw exactly what Jimmy Garoppolo is under pressure, and that's a that's not a good quarterback. Yeah, you know, I'd like to say this. Why did they stop throwing to Debo Samuel? Why? They, did, they, I don't like, know why they started they, throwing the ball when they didn't need to. They were 10 points ahead. Yeah. And they just like, let Jimmy G start throwing the ball, which he's not Ky- good at. It's a classic Kyle Shanahan, you know. It blows the lead, <laughs> loses, loses the Super Bowl, you know. Did you see uh, the stat that the third quarter of every Super Bowl that Kyle Shanahan has been in, he's been outscored 52-0 to zero from the third quarter to the end of the game? All he had to do was literally do what the 49ers were known for at that point. Run, run the, ball. the ball. And he didn't want to do it. Like, he literally, the, the guy, Monster, who had just gotten 200-something yards the game before. Nah, it's fine. Nope. Can't Don't give it to him, guys. you know? Gotta get it was, cutesy with the play calling. That's what these new age offensive coaches do. This is insanity. I would, I would also like to point out a tweet of mine actually blew up. I was very happy. Hell yeah. Well, uh, was the uh, is this the best Super Bowl halftime moment of all time? And it was the Shakira tongue thing that she did. <laughs> yep, yeah, by far. <laughs> I, I I sent it out. It got tons of likes. I was like, blessed. I'm, I thank God. Oh yeah, because that. Dude. Oh my God. As soon as I saw it, I was crying, laughing. Every, I, I I know that every single person watched that at the same time, and then looked at the person they were watching the game with, and were like, did that just happen? Yeah, it was just what it was just. Did she actually just do that? And I've seen I've seen some people say, "Well, actually, it's a very cultural thing, and that's fine. It's great. I'm still gonna talk about it, <laughs> like because that was just weird, right? You know. So um, but super, o- sorry, but go o- ahead. But overall, fine. I'm happy for Andy Reid. Finally got one. He's gonna be in the Hall of Fame someday, I imagine. Now, especially with the Super Bowl win, Patrick Mahomes is great. Good job, Chiefs. Like that. This is this is like probably the the last feel good Super Bowl win I've like I've had in a while. Where it's like yeah, it was one okay. of the most likable Super Bowls in a while. Right, you know, right. it wasn't no, the Patriots against someone else. It, it was it was two young teams who I, I think had enough talent on both sides to be deserving. Um, I, I like Andy Reid. You know, I'm glad that he got it before a guy like Kyle Shanahan. But congratulations, Chiefs. Congratulations, Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, everybody else on that football team. You guys are champions. That is fantastic. Double cheeseburgers for life. Oh, so, heck yeah, man. There's the Super Bowl. We've got a little bit of time left. Let's talk about the XFL, which kicked off this past weekend. Uh, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time about it because 
there's not a whole lot to talk about. But the consensus that I've come to is that the Tampa Bay Vipers are not a very good football team. They suck. Uh, and that's sad because I've had people say, hey, come on, let's go to a Vipers game. And I went, okay, let's see how the first game goes. Dude. Oh, that doesn't make me want to go see a Vipers game, I'll tell you that much. Tickets are like $24 on the 50-yard line in the 100 section, and I still do not know if I want to go. Of course, we have next week because they're on the road again. They're playing Seattle, but... Right. Oh, man, they did not look good against New York. Aaron Murray, I mean, the fact that we have a quarterback controversy with an XFL football team after week one is very, very telling. You've got Aaron Murray, who did not look good. He looked like hot garbage. And then uh, Quentin Flowers. Quentin Flowers, USF legend, Tampa Bay legend. What what blew my mind about the quarterback situation was Aaron Murray – I know he didn't do much in the NFL, but he was like the number one overall pick back in the the AAF, right? It, yeah, it was and weird. He, like he, he was kind of sucked. He kind of sucked in the AAF too. That did he? Because I, yeah. I like everybody was so excited for for Aaron Murray in the AAF. They were like, "Yep, got our guy. He's the best quarterback prospect here." And then when I heard he went to the Tampa Bay Vipers, I was like, "Wait a minute, wasn't this guy like super highly sought after in the AAF?" And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. I guess we have a decent quarterback." You know. Nah. It's nah. funny, too, because I, I know that the reason <coughs> – because quarterbacks were assigned. The Vipers didn't draft him. Uh, quarterbacks were assigned two teams, which is kind of weird. Oh, but okay. really? And, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, if people didn't know this, Aaron Murray is from Tampa Bay. He went to Plant High School. He played University of Georgia, set all types of SEC records, which I think still stand today, which is very, very impressive. But – at the professional level, it has just not panned out for whatever reason. And uh, he showed us that again for the Tampa Bay Vipers last Sunday. I, so, I, uh, just, I just have one request for the Vipers. Go get Garrett Gilbert, former AAF Orlando Apollos champion quarterback. Yeah, world go, champs, baby. At, go, least our, at least our Orlando Apollos will always be AAF world champions. Am I yeah, right, like, brother? Like, like, yeah, exactly. Like, where's Garrett Gilbert right now? He's, he, I think he might be on the Browns right now or something. <laughs> but, like, he wasn't bad. Go get he him. Wasn't. He wasn't terrible. Are, are, are they allowed to sign different quarterbacks now? It, um, like they... Yeah, I think they can. Uh, I know L.A. just fired their defensive coordinator. I've seen that. That yeah, was so – I saw game. that and I went, Jesus Christ. After <laughs> one game, one game – in the inaugural season, ah, we're just gonna fire a defensive coordinator. It's fine. I love it. I love Why the XFL not? right now. It's oh. it's it's fun. The X you know? definitely stands for extreme, my friends. Um, so that's all we got to say about the XFL. The Tampa Bay Vipers. I really hope they start Quentin Flowers. I'd love to see him do some special things for a green and gold team in Tampa once again. But of course, that's all up to Mark Tressman and the rest of the boneheaded staff that he has assorted. So let's see if they can get their S together before they play a game in Raymond James Stadium, because maybe I'll go. I don't know. I would, I would also like to say that uh, specifically for Mark Trestman, Chris Conti, we all remember Chris oh, Conti, yeah. has been exclusively calling out Mark Trestman for the past, like, three what? days. What was his official quote? He was, he was like, the XFL was really cool until Mark Trestman got involved. Yeah, and he's, like, been calling out Mark Tressman for the past. First off, it is the – I didn't even – Chris Conti has resurfaced because he doesn't post on anything. He got stiff like, to hell, spent 365 days in a black hole, and then all of a sudden is back on Twitter. Yeah, you know, and it's just like he just taking comes back. Taking shots at everybody, by the way. Taking shots at, uh, taking shots at Tressman, taking yeah. shots at the Bucks. 
he was at Monster Jam and posted on his Instagram story, there's more people at Monster Jam than any Bucks game I ever played in. I, I was this close to posting on the Trustman thing and saying, you know, are you just mad that you didn't get an invite to join the league? <laughs> but I thought that was a little mean-spirited. No. Because oh, I, I was just like, why? Like, why? Like, what are you doing? Like, you just sound like washed up right now because you're calling out this league for no reason. Like, I get it. You don't like Trestman, dude. But like, shouldn't you be like kind of focused on playing football yourself? I don't know. All uh, I know is that retired. he all I know is that he got stiff armed into hell and he hasn't been back since. Like, literally, he has not been back since. So Chris Conti was an enigma in Tampa Bay long before Jameis Winston ever was. And that's hilarious to me that he's still kind of finding ways to to sneak back up out of the shadows and continue to troll the Tampa Bay football fans. But uh, eh, as much as he can crap on us, I wish Chris Conti well in his retirement because we all know that he will never, ever play football again. <laughs> yeah. He, he he may make an appearance in the XFL, just not for Mark Trestman and the Tampa Bay Vipers. Who knows? I know LA needs a defensive coordinator. But there ladies you go. and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. We went a little long today, but that's okay. We haven't put out shows regularly. It is the offseason. We want to give you as much content as we possibly can, and I'm glad we were able to do that here today on the show. James, thank you so much for filling in on short notice for our good boy, Evan. Evan, will be back on the next episode of CFP. But, James, before we go, where can people find you and your content? The first things first. Sorry for dragging the show on so long. Dude, My don't bad. Be sorry whatsoever. More content, the better this time of year. But uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you can find me at Mr. Bucks Nation on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. I guess I don't really go on Facebook that much, but uh, but definitely on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube where I post all my content, make videos about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, fun stuff, man. We're gonna have a fun off season ahead here. Um, we're we're almost done. Rhett, we are literally probably like maybe a couple weeks before, you know, we can finally start going, okay, we're in it. You know what I mean? Let's yep. go. You know, Next like season is now like mo like multiple. I imagine multiple podcast episodes a week for you guys, you know, multiple videos a week over here at Mr. Buck Nation on the YouTube channel. You know, like we're going to be some busy boys, Rhett. Absolutely. No, you, you know, are 100% right. We just got to wait it out especially on the quarterback news you know what i mean <laughs> especially on that so uh yeah we're gonna have a busy offseason ahead of us and we're almost done with this very slow period absolutely so folks make sure you get on the socials and of course the youtubes and you check out james and his great buccaneer content he's putting it out all offseason for you doing a great job also if you like cartoons you better make yourself familiar with Shooter and the Stash. They have been doing Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tampa Bay sports-centric cartoons for a little over three years now. And uh, just recently, they posted a video regarding Jameis Winston and this whole debate that we had today on the show. Make sure you go check it out because uh, I don't know if you guys have heard, but I am in the new Shooter and Stash. It's not me, obviously. I'm voicing a character but uh, we really put a lot of hard time and work into it. I know Shooter and Chris did most of the work. I just provided one of the voices. But there is a star-studded cast of Buccaneers podcasts in there. You've got our buddy Adam from um, from Buccan Idiots podcast. Dank bastard. EMT Ashley is in there as well, making an appearance. A lot of people in there. Make sure you guys go check it out whenever you can. That is very, very funny. I'll provide a link for you in the bio so you can go click on that and check it out if you're lazy and you don't want to search it up. But that's all good. Shooter in the stash. Those guys do great, great work over there. 
Also, you can follow the show on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. If you follow us, we probably won't follow us back, but it's definitely the best way to get in touch with the show and learn about all the new updates that we're going to have this coming off season. Also, have to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors at Pinecrest Printing and Signs. You've seen their logo the entire show. I told you about it at the beginning. I'm going to tell you about it at the end. These guys do incredible work from business cards to stickers to apparel to vehicle wraps to banners to signs. Anything and everything that you want regarding your business and its image, they're going to make sure it gets taken care of in the most professional way possible. They've been doing it for damn near 20 years, and they're going to do it for 20 more. Very proud sponsor of the Cannon Fire podcast. We're glad to have them on board. Also got to tell you about our shirts and stickers for sale. Those would not be possible without our friends over at Pinecrest Printing and Signs. So, again, make sure you check them out, pinecrestprinting.com. Give them a call, 813-684-5444. I would like to say my own personal experience with the shirts. They're pretty comfy. Yeah? They they are. They really are. Like, uh, you know, you, know you, get, you get like a shirt from like a Walmart or something, you know, was, or you get a shirt from somewhere and it's like, ah, oh, geez, that's not that comfy. But like, this is a legit comfy shirt. Hey, I'm glad, you know? dude. I really am. They're good shirts for lounging you know? around the house. They're good shirts I, for wearing to the gym. I wear mine to I, the gym all the time. I, I think the logo design alone is the best out of, in terms of anybody who's providing T-shirt content out there for like the buccaneers t-shirt you know or whatever whatever it is you know what i mean like in terms of people providing merchandise like this i think this is the best design bar none yeah i appreciate it a lot brother all in thanks to our friends at pinecrest printing and signs one more thing before we get out of here make sure you follow myself on social media at reticus instagram and twitter if you follow me i promise i'll follow you back and we can talk about the tampa bay buccaneers day in and day out 24 7 365 I am Rhett Matthews signing off for our good friend James Hill, and we will catch you guys next time. As always, go Bucks. Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.